listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising, starting up at the show as usual. Find me on Instagram, search Always Be Booked, and you will come across my little page, which is a little bit of an extension of the show through pictures, through some memes, and through whatever. We'll give you some updates and, you know, whatever else we feel up there. But it, it honestly, it, uh, it, it's a cool, cool little experience on Instagram because it gives me the opportunity to kind of curate pictures. I do don't claim to have taken all of them. If I'm at sea, you can count on them being mine. But most of the time, I'm looking on the internet for other people's pictures. Probably should be giving a little bit more credit to them than I am, but I'm not right now. Uh, listen, you perfect. When you're perfect, you can come at me. But uh, I do like to post them, give you guys a little bit of a, you know, cruise flavor to start your day. Sometimes I'll try to be funny with a little meme or whatever else. But uh, that's it on Instagram. Always be booked. The Facebook group, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. You guys, I got to be honest, you're a little slacking with the Facebook group. I got thousands of subscribers to the podcast, but really still only 200 people in the Facebook group. If you don't mind, I'd love to have you guys in there because, you know, you're it's it's it, i get a lot of value valuable information from the lounge the cruisers lounge on 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 facebook but more than that it's it's a community we bounce things back and forth whether it's questions and whether it's each other getting us hyped about our upcoming cruises or whatnot if you wouldn't mind go on facebook go into the search bar and check the always be booked cruisers lounge it's the facebook group not to be confused with the always be booked facebook fan page which is relatively dormant because i don't know i guys i'm not trying to be a social media expert i just know that facebook makes it pretty tough for pages to get onto people's news feeds but the groups tend to be more interactive and they're kind of up close and up and up front and up front and center so uh you guys join uh, you request to join i automatically let you in and we start the cruise talk on facebook once again facebook always be booked cruisers lounge please jump in on that um the main topic for today's show will be me asking you for some help in choosing my next upcoming cruise. I want to lay out a couple of sailings that I'm looking at for spring of 2018, and I really, really would love your input because it really does work. You guys all the time email me with information and suggestions and stuff like that that I, if I don't use it directly, I share it on the show, and it really ends up being valuable to a lot of people, just like in the Facebook group. So uh, I'm going to ask you to listen to my sailings, and maybe, even if you have maybe some sailings that I didn't mention that you suggest, my criteria is to have a decent value, and really, Eastern Caribbean, out of somewhere on the East Coast. That's really all I'm looking for, a good deal, and ideally in March, April and May is not out of the question for the right cruise, as you'll soon hear, but uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, suggestions should go to Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Again, would really, really love your input. So right now, if you could smell this apartment, oh my gosh, I'm currently uh, using my smoked habanero pepper sauce that I got from Belize a few weeks ago. I have some thick boneless pork chops. They are slow cooking in the crock pot with some onions, some multicolored 
peppers and this little apartment here smells like heaven right now. And I'm only three hours in. I'm going to shoot for like a total of like an eight-hour cook. I like it like real kind of tender and <laughs> I want to use the word moist, but a lot of people don't like that word. But what, I got another like five hours to go. It'll be nice kind of like melt in your mouth. You can pull it apart with a fork. You don't even need a knife. It's kind of how I like it. But Speaking of this little apartment, I have to do something with the bedroom. I have a queen-sized bed, and embarrassingly enough, it takes up the entire width of the room. So in order to get in my bed, I have to pretty much dive-bomb my fat ass straight in from the south. Uh, I'm thinking about building a loft bed. Did you hear what I just said? I'm thinking about building a loft bed. I've built like three things in my life. I just kind of, well, how hard could it be? That's one of those projects. I've, I've done it like once or twice, not a loft bed, but like started projects, whether it's painting, whether it's building an entertainment center, whatever it is. Um, it's one of those projects that I have zero business taking on and also one that I'll probably instantly regret once I start. But here we are, knowing full well that I probably will do so regardless. Uh, let's get some shout outs. Give a big shout out to Marty. Marty's going on a Royal Caribbean Anthem of the Seas cruise. I met Marty on his 50th birthday cruise, him and his wife, Deb, uh, out of New York City on the Norwegian gem. He was the absolute king. We called him King Marty on that cruise because he was the guy hyping us up several weeks out on the Facebook groups and stuff like that. And, uh, we ended up staying in touch, but when he got on the cruise, I mean, he had it set up. I don't know if you're familiar with the Haven. I've never stayed in the Haven, but he was lucky enough. We were lucky enough to check out this room. It was amazing. It was that room that if you're on any of the gem class or the jewel class ships in Norwegian, if you're on the Lido deck or if you're at that topsider bar, you can look up and you can see the suite because it's indoor, outdoor. It's got a private balcony, private hot tub that overlooks, literally overlooks the Lido deck. And man, that, that that's really the real king suite on that ship. So we just called him King Marty. We would gather around the top side of bar or get to the pool. We'd be like, oh, you guys here from Marty yet? And we'd look up. He'd be up there just like looking over his kingdom and checking out the Lido deck. And, you know, good guy. Just stayed in touch. And he's just a real enthusiastic cruiser, real enthusiastic vacation guy. If you ever go to the Jersey Shore, he pretty much runs the Jersey Shore too. But um, he's he's uh, very active right now because he has an upcoming cruise on the Anthem of the Seas. And is there anything better than being just a few weeks out from you know an upcoming cruise? Pretty much the opposite position I'm in right now, but uh, good for him, man. So he's Really active in the groups and especially the uh, Always Be Booked Facebook Cruisers Lounge group and his own group that is uh, pertains to his sailing. And he's pumped, man, and he gets it going and he really kind of, you know, for anybody that comes across Marty, either in the group or on the ship, he kind of enhances the experience. And, you know, we need people like that out there. So good for you, Marty. Big shout out. Really enjoy your cruise if I don't speak to you between now and then. I know you're going to have a good time, you and Deb both. Uh, big shout out to Carlos also as I sit here staring at the Norwegian Escape cruise ship model that I picked up for him while I was on board my last cruise at his request. I am very, very sorry for the delay, Carlos. Carlos is an awesome guy. Carlos is uh, a, a big time contributor to the show. He Facebook messages me uh, some news stories and there's some things that are coming out, some developments in the business and the industry. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he he's responsible for a lot of the information that comes your way. So big thank you for that, Carlos. And we were happy to get you that uh, model. I just have to get, get it over to you. And um, not to make excuses, I still don't even know where the damn closest freaking post office is in, to me in this godforsaken city. 
I'm going to do my best to get that done within a couple of days. And uh, it brings me to my mini rant. Now, I haven't rambled to you guys in a while on some non-cruise related stuff. And I wanted to do that quick now for a few minutes if you would indulge me. If not, as always, feel free. Skip ahead a few minutes. But damn, New York City, the Big Apple. I don't mean to talk about it like I'm a tourist. But... I have had the advantage or disadvantage, depending upon how you look at it, to have stepped away from this place over the course of the last 20 years, and I've gotten the opportunity to see how humans live. What it's also done for me is given me an opportunity to stay away like I did the last year and a half or so in Orlando, and this city, it's a huge city, a busy city, a bustling city. It is the city, and it goes through changes just like other places do. Uh... It's going to seem like a bitch fest, and in some ways it is, but it's really not. It's more of a commentary and maybe some of insight to you if you're ever looking to visit or maybe move to Midtown Manhattan. And we're speaking, yes, to Midtown Manhattan because you have downtown, and that's just as busy and crowded and as much going on. But the streets are no longer like the typical grid system down there. It's a little bit of a uh, kind of like a... a a cluster f if you know what i mean like the bikes and the cars and everybody you're always making turns it's not like a grid where you can get some momentum up and you know kind of fly down the road and it's just different i don't know how to say it but downtown it's not it's not as hard to get around because you know basically downtown you're on foot but midtown is i mean out of control the rest of the city little calmer but as for midtown first and foremost the population in that area is just out of control it's way 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 too big for the size of the place the amount of business commerce whatever is going on there is just through the roof now let's just take rush hour now you have twice a day it's an absolute mess without exaggeration it's you'd say organized chaos but to say organized is almost not even fair because it's barely organized chaos. There are police officers trying to control traffic, but, I mean, that's a thankless job. You, you wouldn't want to wish that on anybody trying to control what I look at between, let's just say, 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. and then again at 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. in this place. Uh you know that thing that happens when the light is green, you're going one way, and everyone's trying to get through the intersection, but then the traffic builds up, so you kind of get stuck in that no man's land, not everybody makes it, and then that other light turns green, and all those people are trying to go, but they can't because they're sealed by the people that are stuck in the traffic. Picture that happening every single time the light changes, and picture it happening every time in every intersection from 23rd Street to 59th Street, and then all the way over from 1st Avenue to 8th Avenue. You can't go anywhere. You are totally at the mercy of whatever's going on. Not as if there's not traffic, so you see a truck moving along, and you'll be maybe four or five cars behind the truck. Well, that truck happens to be a moving truck, so that truck is going to stop. Now, everybody, the the, the road that just was two lanes now becomes one. Everybody's got to, it's, I mean, there's really, it's, it's out of control. Picture, then picture being on foot. At any given time, there are multiple emergency vehicles, blaring sirens, the horns from the cars. You can't go anywhere. And then you have new businesses opening up left and right and closing down left and right every single day. 
There are moving companies on every corner, loading and unloading office furniture, so you have to walk around that. You have the road work going on all over the place. The buildings are being repaired, so there's scaffolding that kind of hangs over, and then, like, you know, the truss system that's set up, you got to get around that, the ladders. Then you have the homeless people who clearly, obviously, have nothing to lose, and they'll just lay down anywhere, so you got to walk around them it's just out of control. Let's talk about the bikes. We didn't even get into, so we talked about the cars and we talked about the foot traffic, uh, the noise too. Forget the noise. You just, I mean, you, you, at the beginning, if you have anxiety, you're going to be in a rough spot. You got jackhammers, you got people talking, you got horns blowing, and then you got sirens of emergency vehicles. And literally like you think like a couple of sirens a day in Orlando, at any given time in New York city, there's a siren going off somewhere, sometimes multiple. So All right, let's talk about the bikes now. This one is relatively new, and this is kind of what I'm making note of as I'm trying to navigate my way to and from work. Uh, There was always bikes in the city here and there, but now it's like if you've ever seen uh, Star Wars when you're flying through the galaxy and it looks like out of control and you're trying to get from one, one planet to another and you're just dodging, you know, space debris, you're dodging other spaceships or whatever. It's a similar situation when you see these bikes just flying through. Mayor Bloomberg made it very, very bike-friendly. I would say probably, I don't know, when it was towards this, I'd say more towards his middle to second term. And uh, he started closing down Times Square for traffic, which was just, I mean, it's not totally awful, but it was a really radical kind of move to close down Times Square and close down places like Herald Square, these main intersections, and just make them kind of like pedestrian hangouts. So then what he also did was he put in play the city bike, and that is just tons and tons of bike racks that are throughout the city. I mean, hundreds of bike racks throughout the city where you can pay $150 as a membership, and you can go to any of those bikes and get to wherever you want to go. And then simply return it to the bike rack that's closest to where your destination is. So then you simply just lock it up and then you go about your day. I mean, that's a great concept, right? Except now what you have is all these inexperienced cyclists flying around the city in a completely jammed up area, but they get some momentum. They don't know what they're doing. They're speeding through at 25 miles per hour and then a freaking construction truck backs out of somewhere and now they got to alter their route or an unsuspecting pedestrian goes to walk around the street and they're on their cell phones and that's the thing too everybody's on their phone now so everybody's looking down and the thing about the bikes they don't make noise they don't have a siren they don't have a you know you you can just walk into a bike lane that you don't even know about that really why don't you know about it because it didn't exist six months ago they're reading bike lanes left and right and then you can eat a freaking city bike that's doing 25 miles an hour everybody's briefcases it's just a funny thing too these people are riding bikes in their full three-piece work attires and suits and dresses it's it's a very very funny thing um the other thing about it is now put on top of that the advent of like grub uh, grubhub seamless web and uh <clears throat> uber eats now what you have is you can at any time order food to your office who's bringing you that food People in bicycles. There are random people on bikes riding around throughout the city in a huge rush because people want their food hot and fresh. And your tip is going to be based on that. So these Uber Eats drivers are on bikes speeding throughout the city as well. It's absolutely out of control. And when it's at its height, 
from 8.30 to about 1 p.m., it's really something to see, let alone, let alone try to navigate through it. Where I moved, I moved 20 blocks from work, which is I live on 31st and 2nd. I work at 52nd and 2nd. That's a little over one mile. It's not far, but it's a little bit in no man's land. The subway doesn't make any sense to me for that because based on how far I'd have to walk to get to the train versus how long I'd have to work just to get to work, it doesn't make sense. It's a little bit in that no man's land area. The cabs. Uh, the cabs are too expensive. If I was just doing, if it was like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning coming home from work, the cab makes sense. Uh, but I end up walking home or riding the bike home from work because it's just nice out. It's very, very quiet and it's very, you know, you just, it's a straight shot. But the cab is too expensive because during the height of rush hour or even if it's any traffic whatsoever, it's between 10 and $15 just to get one mile. Can you imagine that? One mile in a cab takes is like <laughs> is, is a $15 ride especially during traffic jams uh it was like when I went to on the cruise I had to get to Penn Station to get to the train to get to Florida and I knew I'm literally I had to go to 31st and 8th I live on 31st and 2nd you would think nothing right I catch the cab on 31st and 3rd give myself an hour and a half thankfully I gave myself an hour and a half because I needed an hour and 15 minutes to make that happen. Can you imagine? I mean, it, it, it's crazy. But going to work, sometimes I walk. Sometimes I take the bus, which works out financially. The bus is great from a, from a money-saving standpoint, but not so much from time-wise. And uh, lately, I've just been riding the bike. I'll tell you what, it's a little scary riding that bike. It's really invigorating. The advantage to it is you don't need that cup of coffee because you are alert and ready to take on the day once you get off that death ride. But um, if you think I'm exaggerating, you got to come and check it out. It's, it's out of control. Anyway, Carlos, uh, the ship is on the way soon, brother, I promise. And like I said, I know it sounds like a bitch fest, but I'm so happy to be here. I love this city. I was going to follow this up with a bunch of reasons why I do love living here and what the great things about being in New York are. But I will save that for another day because I've um, I've talked a lot about it. The other thing you have to realize is that, I mean, and this is a little bit morbid. And, and yes, we had a shooting here yesterday. As you saw, it was a... Uh, Guy decided to run over people, shoot people again, and I think there was like eight people killed and about another 15 or so injured. Uh, wasn't near where I was, but man, it was close enough, a couple of miles away, and uh, man, heart goes out to all those people and their families and just so awful, and you just wonder... It's just getting scary how commonplace this stuff is becoming. Uh, I don't want to make this show about that, but I didn't want to just kind of be so remiss as to not even talk about it. But that aside, uh, well, sort of related, just you walk around this city and you see all the stuff that's going on and all the construction and all the people and the humanity and the hustle and the bustle. We've resigned. Clearly, if you live in New York City, You've resigned that if something bad happens, if the shit hits the fan, that's it. You're not. You're done. This is a death trap. People in L.A., I hear them complain about like, you know, you know, there's so many people in such a small area. And that is true. The population density out there in certain places is out of control. But what you have to remember about New York City, it's a freaking island. There's a moat around us. You can't get on. You can't get off. There's a, any anywhere, if there's 8 million people on this freaking island at a given time, if the shit hits the fan, there's going to be 8 million people trying to get off this island with a choice of about six ways to do it. 
it's, I mean, it's terrifying when you think about it. You can't think about it. By living in New York City, you just have to realize if something bad happens, if shit goes crazy and you have to get off this island, you're not getting off this island. You kind of like have to put that in your mind to where, see, when I used to live in Queens, I had a plan <laughs> and it was a viable plan because uh, <clears throat> every New York City borough is on an island. If you didn't know that, geographically, every borough is on an island. There's one borough that's not on an island, and that is the Bronx. Now, where I lived in Queens, I lived very close to the Triborough Bridge. They called it the Triborough Bridge because you can get to three different boroughs. One of the boroughs you can get to from the Queen, from the Triborough Bridge is the Bronx. So you can take the uh, Triborough Bridge, you can get on a bike, and within like two minutes, I could have been on that bridge and over into the, it's a rough ride, because going over a bridge on a bike is tough, you know, it's a, quite a climb, but you can get over that bridge, and you're in the Bronx, once you're in the Bronx, wow, we're talking about natural disasters <laughs> and evacuation routes, but it's interesting, it's kind of fascinating, I talked to my dad a lot about it too, and he's like on Long Island, so he's like, I just got to get a boat. You just got to get a boat. Once you get a boat, you just go out and wait it out. Whether the grid goes down, whether who knows what happens, you can just get a boat. But in Queens, I was fortunate enough. I was like, I'm good because I just got to get on this bike and get to the Bronx. If you're in the Bronx, you are good. The Bronx is on the mainland USA. And then from there, you can just run to the hills in any direction. But if when minutes are of the essence and the disaster announcement hits, There are going to be people within probably about 10 or 15 minutes. Forget it if you're not off that island. So on a lighter note, let's get into some cruise talk. All right, let's start off with the cruise news. All right, we're going to start off with Virgin Cruises. I wrote this story last night, but I woke up and a bunch of people were... Uh, reporting about the Virgin Voyages keel laying for its first ever ship last night while thousands of people watched live on Facebook. Sir Richard Branson, I guess we're going with Sir now on him, and his friends, a.k.a. the brass uh, of the cruise line that started up Virgin Voyages, hosted the event and gave some more detail about what we can expect from this new age cruise line, which will debut out of Miami sometime in 2020. So the ship is going to be about 110,000 tons. It's going to hold around 2,800 passengers. The cruise line is going to brand their passenger moniker and they're going to call them uh, sailors. So if you're aboard a uh, Virgin Voyage cruise ship, you will be known as a sailor. Kind of cheesy. I don't know. Virgin. I don't know. I think you could be better than that. You're more creative and not that cliche, are you? But anyway, the first ship is one of three within the class that they will also refer to to as the lady class it will be named as part of a promotional uh, the first ship will be named as part of a promotional contest by you that's right you have the chance to name the first ever ship in the virgin fleet i don't know to me also kind of tacky why am i crapping on virgin cruises so much i don't know it's just i don't know i think a couple of these moves are just a little kind of I don't know, not the most creative. It's like a little bit of PR stunts. It's like, do you have, can you just call them passengers or guests or whatever? You have to really, we're virgin and we're cool and we're new, so we're not going to call you that. What are we going to come up with? Let's think. Sailors. That's what you guys are. Sailors. And that's the cool little thing. No, I'm not a passenger. I'm a sailor. Whatever. I know I'm nitpicking. I'm, I'm kind of bullying virgin a little bit, but um, 
Right, let me calm down and move on. Uh, now for some good news regarding Virgin Cruises. The ship renderings actually look really, really cool. It's a futuristic type of look that is unlike anything we've ever seen at sea. Uh, except the F portion of the ship is clearly a bit of a ripoff from the MSC Seaside, where, you know, if you've, if you've seen those renderings, the lower deck, it's got a pool deck aft, but it's kind of lower, almost like at the promenade level closer to the sea and then you have a hotel looking condo-ish structure shooting straight up from the back deck so it kind of gives you that feel of like you're actually on a land-based condo or hotel or something like that i don't give them a whole lot of flack for copying things because it's obviously a really cool innovative design and we talked about this week after week this is a copycat league ladies and gentlemen everybody's just going to copy what the other person does and it's really hard to figure out who started it but they all do it and they're all guilty of it so we're not going to knock the hustle at all now for some even better news you will have to be at least 18 years old to board and sail on this ship clearly they're going for the hardcore adult loyalty, which is, honestly, what do you guys think about that? That's a terribly risky move to me. You're a brand new cruise line. You have no real kind of any, I guess, what what credibility yet in the industry. Clearly, you have credibility in business, but uh, in the cruise line industry, you're going straight to adults only. Uh, a lot of these cruise lines that have been around for generations rely on families to get over the top with their revenue and they just feel as though they can you know what we're not doing families don't get me wrong i love it i I would love to be on a cruise where it's kind of like just adults but you know you got to make the ship fun too don't just make it an adult only ship just to make it an adult only ship ditching the kids and still having a sleepy ass boring ship is definitely counterproductive you you, you're virgin virgin records music pop you know you damn well better be coming with the entertainment on this ship which i have no reason to believe that they won't so i'm not necessarily sweating that but i definitely want to make sure or at least kind of you know put it out there that you know the work does not stop just by making the cruise ship 18 and over um so uh, we have a statement. You guys ready for a safe, non-controversial stock statement from the company? Well, here you go. After listening to some avid sailors, we wondered if things could be different. At Virgin Voyages, we think the time we think the time to epically change sea travel is upon us, the company said. Welcome to our own fresh take on cruising. Here, curiosity is more important than an itinerary. Interactions matter more than transactions. With us, you don't tourist, you voyage. Equally important to the ship's physical design is the desire to create a meaningful experience for guests. The company added, Version Voyages will feature exciting ideas in the entertainment and music to, to provide our sailors, that's you, remember you're a sailor, with a strong variety of programming options. Okay, Virgin Voyages, very ambitious, very concentrated on public relations and trying to move the meter from a, what would you call it, a distinguishability standpoint between us, uh, between them and other existing cruise lines. Moving on to other existing cruise lines, Disney Cruise Lines is expanding its outreach in 2019 by adding sailings from San Diego. Have you guys ever been to San Diego? I heard that the weather there was the closest thing to paradise our mainland can offer. Can anyone confirm or deny that? Isn't Sherry from Cruise Tips TV and her family from there? I'm not really sure. 
Uh, I'm not a West Coast guy. By the way, speaking of Cruise Tips TV, what they did over there for the month of October should not be uh, passed over. They did uh, Vlogtoberfest, and somehow they have full-time jobs, and they found between her, her husband, everybody getting involved, they found a way to vlog every single day in October. Some days it was just a standard vlog. Some days it was a live stream. Uh, But, man, I continued to be kind of uh, just... Overwhelmed, overwhelmingly impressed with what they do over there at Cruise Tips TV. You're still dealing with a YouTube channel. You're still dealing with a mom and pop operation and the level of professionalism and content and just they keep coming at you with just good stuff at Cruise Tips TV on YouTube. It's a family affair over there and they do an incredible job and you guys should check it out and go back. I know it's a little bit late. We're November 1st here and I'm telling you about Vlogtoberfest, but it's all still up there. So go back and check it out and uh, give it the thumbs up. Give it some likes. Again, Cruise Tips TV on Utah. Uh, Utah. (laughs) YouTube. Sorry about that. But uh. So, like I said, I'm not a West Coast guy. I did live in Phoenix for a summer. That was absolutely murderous. Um, I I don't know. What do you guys think about San Diego? The only bad thing I heard about San Diego is if you're a guy going out there looking for pockets, it's uh, very sausage-friendly. I heard it was like it had a nickname called Man Diego. Anyway, I don't know. These bookings, the Disney bookings as we're regressing, will open to the public on November 2nd. So that's tomorrow. You'll be able to... uh, Book these cruises, and they'll run from March until May. So jump all over that in a, few, in, a, in a day if you're into that sort of thing. There are going to be two, four, five, and seven-night sailings, and they will go as follows. The two-night sailings will leave San Diego and go to Ensenada, which is on the Baja Peninsula of uh, Mexico. From everything I hear about Ensenada, Mexico, it is basically the uh, it's the uh, it's the Grand Bahama of the West Coast. There's not much going on there. But again, it's sometimes it's about the ship. Sometimes it's about shutting down. So we're not knocking any ports here. They have the four-nighters, which will hit up Ensenada, as well as Cabo San Lucas, which I hear is an absolute blast. Whether you're doing, uh, you know, Cabo San Lucas is just legendary, you know, whether it's Sammy Hagar, Cabo Wabo, uh, just you're talking about one of the prime destinations in the Caribbean. Well, it's not the Caribbean, right? Sorry about that. You're talking about one of the prime destinations, not only in the Mexican Riviera, but in the world. A lot of people do land vacations there. A lot of celebrities go there as well. And the seven-night sailings will skip the Ensenada port, and um, which I, like I said, do here is very skippable. And uh, go straight to the Mexican Riviera to Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and what is this one? Mazat- Mazatlan? I don't necessarily know if I said that right or not. And I do, uh, do apologize, all you West Coast cruisers are probably uh, shaking your head at me or uh, shaking your damn head, SMDH. You're SMDHing me right now, as the kids say, via text. And uh, you're uh, judging me for not being able to pronounce the name of this port. And uh, I do apologize. Let's take one more crack at it. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Here we go. Drum roll. Mazatlan. Mazatlan? Mazatlan. I give up. All right. Disney is also offering some Southern Caribbean itineraries from San Juan, interestingly enough, that start in January 2019. The Disney Wonder will do a five-night sailing from Galveston to San Juan, and then she will do three Southern Caribbean runs. Uh, Can we make one of those cool acronyms like SOBIAS for South Beach? Can we call like, uh, can we go SOCA for Southern Caribbean? No? 
Okay, but uh, check them out if you're into Disney. You got the one that's going from Galveston to San Juan, and then she's going to do three out of San Juan to Soka, which is the Southern Caribbean. Hopefully, we'll see if that sticks a little bit. Um, I've come to the realization that I will probably never cruise Disney. I want to. In my mind, I want to. Uh, you can make the argument that I really should if for no other reason than I should research the the cruise line, but... Honestly, it's extra expensive, and even though I hear adults have a blast on Disney cruises, I am not going to run the risk of spending an entire week with that many kids. Because a and b, also I'm just not that into Disney stuff. I'm just not like a big fantasy guy in general. I never was into the Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. There's one. The one I really did get into was the Star Wars, only because I was obsessed as a kid, and for some reason, I guess you know. Maybe the whole nostalgia thing plays into the fact. And besides the fact that they're very well written and I still kind of do get into those. Maybe if I was a kid and I was into Harry Potter when Harry Potter was big when I was a kid, I'd be into Harry Potter as an adult. But I am uh, old, so that didn't happen. So I'm into the Star Wars still. I still watch the new ones that do come out. I don't know. I don't think I see myself traveling outside of the big three. There's some possible exceptions, I guess. If I do an itinerary-driven sailing like the Panama Canal, maybe one day a transatlantic, or eventually down the road a world cruise, I could, uh, well, I'd have to probably see that happening. Um, Also, some of those new MSC ships that are coming out, I think some of them are calling my name, like the Meraviglia, if it comes to Miami, as well as the uh, Seaside. Love that one. And who knows, maybe these Virgin Voyages cruise ships will... uh, end up being something I'll be interested in if some good reports come off of those they might be expensive too those are probably going to have a nice price tag attached to them um all right moving on great news out of Royal Caribbean it appears that the cruise line will make its way back to the ports of San Juan and St. Martin those clearly are two of the most popular ports in the eastern Caribbean or as we might call them ECAR ECAR no Let's leave this. I'm doing it again, guys. Sorry. On November 30th, the Freedom of the Seas will call in San Juan, and the Grandeur of the Seas will return to St. Martin on December 17th. Uh, We haven't covered this on this show, but this announcement follows Royal Caribbean's previous announcement that the cruise line will return to St. Thomas on November 10th. This is honestly such amazing news. I want to say something else. I know it's easy for me to say because i'm not booked on any of these sailings but if you are going on any of these cruises to any of these places please keep in mind uh as to what they've been through and i don't need to be preaching to you if at all but i know if your favorite beachside restaurant is not quite operating at a hundred operating at a hundred percent please show some patience anyway it's so great to see things starting to return to some sense of normalcy uh, michael bailey who is the president and ceo of royal caribbean international made a statement Quote, Royal Caribbean is encouraged by the commendable progress that has been made by the governments of Puerto Rico and St. Martin towards the recovery of these destinations, and it means a lot to us that we are heading back home. We have been part of the Caribbean community for almost 50 years, and for all of us, it has been paramount that we focus on supporting our long-standing partners who feel more like family after so many years, supporting these destinations Uh, that are so reliant on tourism is key to the future of the islands and the best thing we as travelers and a business can do for the islands so 
good stock statement there, but he covers everything and he makes a perfect sense when he says it. Staying with the major cruise lines, returning to ports affected by this year's excessively disastrous hurricane season, uh, Carnival is headed back to some places it had been forced to steer clear of for a while. Grand Turk in less than two weeks and San Juan by November 30th and St. Thomas and St. Martin in early January. Interesting that Royal Caribbean is so far ahead of Carnival in their decision to return to the Virgin Islands. Not sure why. If anybody knows, let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And that is the cruise news. Let's get into the main topic of the show, which is where should we sail next? All right, let's get into the main topic of the show, which, as we said before, is going to be the recommendation by you guys as to where the next cruise should be. I told you I got a couple of different criterias. You guys have had an idea of what my particular cruise type is, even though, like we say, you can never predict a cruise, but you guys know what I'm looking for when I'm out there. Uh, we talked about a few different directions we might go as far as who we're cruising with. Probably indefinitely is Chris. Probably, um, you know, a few other people are talking about coming in. Maybe uh, Miss Kay said she was definitely interested in coming on this next cruise, this next sailing. Stu is probably going to be in the mix too. Hannah might be around. Some of the people that we met on the previous cruise, some newbies that we haven't cruised with before, are uh, definitely thinking about or at least talking about coming on this next sailing with us. But uh, I wanted to uh, just throw it out to you guys. What do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com about the next three sailings. Now, the next three sailings that I'm going to talk about are, you know, different times of the year, different cruise lines. It just so happened to be that there's one from each of the big three represented, and I didn't plan it that way. And uh, I just wanted to throw it out to you. So the first one we want to talk about is a Norwegian cruise, which is on the lovely Norwegian getaway. It's in the Eastern Caribbean, and it leaves April 15th. This is a seven-day cruise, and the itinerary is Miami the first day. Uh, there's two sea days. Then there is St. Thomas, Tortola, another sea day, Nassau, and then back to Miami. So that's a seven-day, April 15th, and the base price of that is $699 for an inside cabin. And you guys know whether this is right or wrong, I typically book an inside cabin, and then I just take it from there. I just want to get on the ship, and I want to do it for as little as possible. And then, you know what? It starts to get paid off. We see how the financial situation's looking. We realize that, oh, you know what? For another 200 bucks, for another 150 whatever it is, you can get a balcony, and then we make a decision based on that, even though common knowledge does say and all the travel agents out there will say that your best bet is probably to just book it all at once. Uh, so this thing is $699, and that is a two plus $272 in port charges and a $224 service charge for the drink package. We talked about that. Norwegian uh, knows how to get your money from you. They know how to subtly... Package a good price in front of you and then find a way to elevate that check. They're very, very good at that. So that gets you to $1,894, which is $947 per person. And again, Norwegian Getaway out of Miami, April 15th. Now, some of the positives to this particular sailing, if you stay with me for a second. 
I absolutely love the ship, The Escape. Now, I know this is a different class. It's weird because Norwegian did a... Um, it's pretty much the same class. I did a ship tour, a virtual ship tour on this, and there were very, very few things that were different between The Escape and The Getaway. So in that class, you, know, you want to break it up into two classes. It's the Norwegian Escape. I'm sorry, the Norwegian Breakaway class and the Norwegian Breakaway Plus class. There's only two ships in the Norwegian Breakaway class which are the Getaway and the Breakaway. They elevated it to the Norwegian uh, Breakaway Plus class, which is the Norwegian Escape, and then I believe the Norwegian Joy, and then the other one, something happy, <laughs> the one with the go-karts. Uh, what is that one again? But it's another Norwegian um, Breakaway Plus class ship. Now, when I looked at the tour, there wasn't a whole lot that I could find different about the two ships. Maybe that's something you guys can let me know about. Somebody who's been on Breakaway and Breakaway Plus class ships, let me know the real differences. What it looked like to me was that there were probably more areas for passengers because it does take on another 500 passengers. And really, it looked like that there was more name brand stuff on the Escape. Uh, The Howl at the Moon, the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville, the Food Republic... The you know the stuff like that uh, is there really that much of a difference between the breakaway and the breakaway plus class? I'd love to know your opinion on that. But the things that I loved about the escape seem to all be on the getaway. And I'll also say this: whereas after the after party after H two O, it goes into the Skyline Bar on the escape. It goes into an actual real nightclub, and I think they called it Bliss, which is their traditional name for their late-night nightclub on most of the Norwegian ships. But it looked like a really cool nightclub that was set up to be a nightclub, whereas the Skyline Bar was a cool room, but it looked like more of a live music venue slash, I don't know, lounge-type place. This nightclub looks really cool on the getaway. So you guys let me know, Um, and that would be 940 seven dollars per person what else are the uh pros to this sailing norwegian is a very very friendly ship for drinkers you guys know that i like a drink package i really very rarely wouldn't ever sail without a drink package nowadays and we talked about a lot of the perks to the drink package on norwegian and on the last uh, cruise tips tv episode the live stream that i was on that was one of the topics and um you know a lot of people were speaking about that back and forth about the drink package and norwegian is very very friendly for drinkers if you purchase the drink package and you tip you're not going to have any restrictions whatsoever or you're going to be able to get two drinks at a time they're going to make you doubles if they want they'll make you a triple if they think that that's what you want once you pay for it they're not necessarily concerned with inventory like a carnival is where they're using the jiggers and whether they're they're enforcing the one drink per person and enforcing the five minutes between drinks rule as well uh just just now you're not dealing with restrictions another pro to this is that you know it's going to be a party ship you know with club h2o in the back it's a good time you know with the bliss lounge you know with the with uh the deck parties norwegian just brings a high level of entertainment entertainment to the table especially at night there's a good time and you know you're dealing with a ship that is going to be fun versus let's talk about a ship like as far as like when i when we did the escape we went on the escape in favor of the carnival vista 
which is probably a beautiful, pristine ship. But the reports that I'm hearing about Carnival Vista is that it's not necessarily the biggest party ship. Uh, Okay. You also know as a pro of this sailing, my favorite uh, stop, one of my favorite stops, if not my favorite stop, is St. Thomas. Uh, And with this sailing, I may actually try to do something dumb. I already proposed this to Stu, and he already laughed it out of the park. I'm sure Chris would do it because Chris don't give a crap. But Stu being the planner and the, uh, the organized and the not necessarily the biggest risk taking cruiser uh i might and i know it, you know, i know you can do it is it recommended maybe not and you guys the more conservative listeners to this podcast might be like don't don't be an idiot i may try to do this i may purposely miss the ship in st thomas in order to get an overnight in St. Thomas. And man, I just, I would love to have a Caribbean night, man. I would just love to have a night where you don't have to get back on the ship. And where I, where would I want to do it? In St. Thomas. I may intentionally miss this ship in St. Thomas and catch back up with it in Tortola the next day. Is it risky? Yes. I don't really know why. I, I'm sure if you tried to ask permission, they would tell you no. But uh, if anybody has any experience with that, I know damn well because I know that when we were on the Oasis, me and the lovely Miss Kay were with a couple that missed the ship in the Bahamas. And then they met back up with us in, what was it? They they missed it in Nassau. And then they met back up with us in St. Thomas. So they were able to get a plane and they were able to meet. So if I missed the ship and you're talking about an island that you could take a ferry to and that's why I'm doing that. I wouldn't do it if it was like a far trip. Uh, Tortola and St. Thomas are accessible by ferry, so that's possible. You're just going to have to get a passport by then because usually I I cruise with a birth certificate. I know a lot of people probably thinking I'm crazy for that as well, but, I mean, think about it. Just getting a full day in St. Thomas uh, and then just getting an overnight. Who knows? I mean, when the lights go out in St. Thomas, I know it's a lot of locals and uh, the cruise passengers have left, but... Listen, I'm not trying to be a, you know, big shadow like Mr., uh, you know, <laughs> like like Mr. Local. But, you know, you, you be careful of your surroundings. There are a lot of land-based vacation spots in St. Thomas, so people are staying overnight. And I think that would be a really, really cool experience. Let me know, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com, if you have ever done that, heard of anybody doing that, or have had any better good, have any, uh, have had any good, bad, or indifferent experiences with doing that. I mean the price is out of control. Six ninety nine is a is a phenomenal a phenomenal number. I know, like I said, you eventually get to the nine forty seven, but that's with drinks, with everything, and that's a seven day Eastern Caribbean on a mega ship. It's a great deal. This is I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is the sailing that I'm leaning towards out of the three. But I would like to hear your opinion on the other one. So you got to figure in this too as well, though, so that. 947 per person does turn into and let's just estimate here another what a couple of hundred dollars each way to get down there so that's 400 bucks and another 200 dollars for a hotel so you're dealing with another 600 dollars on top of that just to get to Florida spend the night in Florida oh it's more than that because you okay so if it's six if it's 400 dollars in in train fare for me and let's just say for the normal person let's say 350 because you know, what is it, 150, 175 for airfare, whatever it is. I don't know. Round trip, transportation to Florida, 
let's just call it let, all right let's let's be generous and call it 300 bucks total then you got the hotel which is going to be 150 bucks plus whatever it else it is it's uh you know tax and whatever so it's going to be 200 bucks in general so now you're at 450 bucks and then you're not going you're going to be in Miami for a night and you're not you're not going to spend uh, 150 bucks i mean come on of course you are with dinner with drinks we're going to sit in your hotel room what are you going to go to the local bar and drink $2 beers and you know get a get some chinese food no you're going to spend some money on food and drinks for that one night you're in miami so you're talking about close to another 600 on top of that so if you're being realistic you're talking about you know 1500 1600 bucks for the for the cruise in general what else probably loaded with pockets this sailing is probably loaded with pockets based on the embarkation location the sail away date april 15th and price so you're probably in good shape with that you got a really really good deal it's out of miami and it's during a spring breakish type of uh i guess period of time uh easterish type of scenario you're probably going to be dealing with a lot of pockets. You probably have to deal with some kids, but some pockets as well. Uh, you have the Spice H2O, like I said. Uh, the nightclub looks better than the one on the Escape, like I said. You have several different dining options, which is always good on a Norwegian or Royal Caribbean ship. And it, like I said, it has many of the same features as the Norwegian Escape. Maybe a little less brand names, but not really necessarily focused on that. The cons. Like I said before, you got to get to Miami. Uh, also, Norwegian Cruise Lines in general, nickel and diming policy doesn't sail till April 15th, which is later than I wanted to go. I mean, it's not doesn't it's not a deal breaker, but I'd love to go in March. So that is a little bit of a, a con. Uh, while I do love the itinerary, there is nothing new on the itinerary for me to see. So you have to consider that. And while I love the ship, we literally just got off a carbon copy last month, so that's another thing that's a little bit redundant. We've seen it already. Do we want to see something new, a new ship? And you got to deal with those damn elevators again, <laughs> like we talked about. But uh, I think the pros absolutely outweigh the cons in this sailing. It is, like I said, we'll be all in at 947 a person once we're done with everything as far as the cruise goes, and then another five or 600 tacked on top of that. So you're dealing with about, let's just call it 1500 bucks, definitely on that. All right, so this next one, we'll move on to another cruise, and this is one that we are currently booked on, but likely going to change. Oh, let's add that onto the price of the Norwegian cruise. So you're dealing with a $1,600 all-in cruise. Uh, and that's before any onboard spending and excursions and stuff like that. Just getting there and sailing on the ship, you're in for 1600 on this Norwegian getaway trip. Moving on to the Carnival Magic Eastern Caribbean Cruise. And that's on March 24th, Carnival Magic. Also a seven-day sailing. And we got the the good one thing about this is that there's four itinerary, four, four ports. So you got Port Canaveral, day one, then a sea day. Then Amber Cove, then St. Thomas, then San Juan, then Grand Turk, and then another sea day and back to Miami. So this was originally a $655 cruise for an inside cabin. And 
because I did this under my travel agency, there's something called a non-commissionable fare. You travel agents that are listening out there will know what this is. I, at this point, still don't really understand what it is. But that what it ended up being was that they added $318 on to the, to the, to the cruise fare. I don't know what this means because I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but I was going to get a commission on this cruise and that was going to be rolled into the price of the cruise. So you get 655 plus the non-commissionable portion, which is 318 and then taxes and uh, taxes, port charges were 246. That would get us up to a total for two people of 1847. So then, like I said, I used my travel agency number and that allows me to collect a commission and then apply it, the commission to the cost of the cruise. And that would get me $197 off of that, which would bring that total to $1,677, which is $835 a person. Better than the $947 for Norwegian, right? From a price standpoint, wrong. Because remember, the Norwegian included the drink package. So now I have to purchase a drink package, which each of us would have to pay $402 per person for. And that would get us up to $1,237 per person. And that's about $300 more than Norwegian. So and then $1,237, that's compared to the nine. 47 and then just like norwegian you have to add on the 600 dollars for the travel so that would get us up to uh 1837 per person just to cruise so it's 1837 versus 1600 on the um on the carnival so it's about 300 dollars more than the norwegian cruise line now here are some of the advantages why? Would it be worth it to pay $300 more just to get on this cruise? Let's talk about the pros. Uh, we profiled the ship on this show, and it seems really, really nice. Plus, the newest class of ships Carnival has besides the Vista. Still not as new. Wait, this one? No, this isn't as new as the Getaway. No way. Uh, it's a big ship, but not a mega ship. So hopefully it gives you a good mix of size and intimacy. Now, on this ship is also barbecue. That's a huge advantage. There is a cool little waterfront area on the fifth deck, which is basically the promenade deck with bars and outdoor seating and hot tubs. Very, very close to the sea. A cool little intimate vibe. And you guys, if you guys have been on the Magic Dream or Magic Dream or Breeze, you can tell me about this ship as well. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Advantage to this sailing. There is four ports of call versus the three that are on the Norwegian. And three of them are my favorite, and one of them I've never even experienced. So that uh, Amber Cove would be a new experience for me, and I'd love to enjoy that. So that would be an advantage of this sailing. There's only two sea days. A pro for most people, but myself, I don't mind the sea days, so that's not a huge pro for me. There's only two days, two full days at sea. This sailing is chocked full of itinerary uh, uh, ports for the itinerary. Uh, standard things about Carnival that I tend to enjoy over the other cruise lines and those things are staff friendliness the aft pool which is priceless to me the punchliner comedy club which i love the piano bar which i love and the delicious steakhouse which i'm a big fan of um those are just standard things with carnival that i think are head and shoulders above 
I'm going to say both uh, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian. It's not everything, but those things, they, they, they do come out ahead of them in my book. Uh, I'm a gold member on Carnival, and this would push me closer to platinum on the loyalty program. And I'm going to speak on that for a second. What do you guys think about the importance when you book a cruise on because I've made a decision on this, uh, and the decision is it means nothing. The loyalty program, when you go down the list, it actually does mean something. The only thing it means is status. To be able to say I'm platinum on Carnival is really just a cool thing to say. Anything, the the other stuff is cool. The laundry stuff is cool. The um, you know, the fact that you can get priority check in, uh, priority uh, tender. Uh, so the drink and a half they give you over the course of the seven days, the stupid party that you're not going to go to, all that stuff, great. It's cool. Not at all a problem. The little piece, the half a strawberry with chocolate on it that they give you in the room, the pin, you get a pin. Um, all that stuff is cool. But nothing as cool as being able to say, a pl- uh, Carnival, yeah, I'm Platinum on Carnival. That's that's the coolest part, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I don't think I would ever, going forward, adjust the sailing based on getting in on the loyalty program. The stuff with the loyalty program is cool, and I know a lot of you out there are big on the loyalty program, but for me, it's never going to move the needle. I sat down, I actually thought about that, and I made that decision. I could give a crap less about the loyalty program, even though, but I am going to list it because it is a thing here, and uh, I would make me closer to platinum, and I've sailed on Carnival more than any other cruise line, and uh, that would, I guess it's just something that's worth writing down and making note of. All right, Orlando is the embarkation point. It's closer to New York City for a few hours, and for me, who takes the train, uh, it's less. It's it's a good, probably about six hours closer. And believe me, when you're taking a 20-hour train ride, six hours does make a big difference. Now, also, I get a day in Orlando. I can catch up with some people. Chris is from Orlando. It's always crazy because when we meet people on cruises, Chris, uh, <laughs> hey, where are you guys from? And uh, Chris is like, I'm from uh, Orlando. I'm from uh, I'm from Orlando, but I live in New York. And it used to be when I was living in Orlando, I was like, ah, I live in Orlando, but I'm from New York. And you know, something funny to say to people. Really not, I guess. Really, as you think of it, it's kind of obnoxious, isn't it? Oh well. Well, we'll stop because I'm not living in Orlando anymore. But we have ties in Orlando. I have ties in Orlando now, obviously, from living there for close to two years. Chris is from there. And it would be cool to get there a day early and we can catch up with some people. That's the Orlando, you know, an advantage to the sailing sailing out of Orlando. And another big one is that this is in March and it is my desired month to travel. So $300 more, but there are some there are some there are some redeeming qualities for that three hundred bucks. The cons to the carnival are that it's still not out of New York, so I'll have to travel nonetheless. And the drinker's disadvantage, you know, I'm sure, you know, I've never had a problem getting to where I needed to be on a carnival ship, but you do have to kind of work it a little bit. You have to manage it. You have to make sure that uh, you know, you have to manage your drinking a little bit more because. You get to those 15 drinks, and, uh, you know, if they're giving you weak drinks, you're going to get to that 15 really, really quick, and you're going to run out, and, you know, I think, what, maybe six or seven times I've found 15, quote-unquote found 15, and uh, really, it wasn't like I was dying for more drinks. I was like, all right, I'm at 15. I can't have another one. All right, no problem. At that point, I was probably in the casino anyway. It was probably 3 a.m., and I didn't really need any more drinks anyway. So it wasn't really an issue to um, 
you know, like I was starving for more drinks based on the 15 limit, but it is something to note that really you don't have to worry about it if you're on Norwegian. And you can get drinks for other people too. They don't care as long as you're tipping them. Uh, Well, I did list a few things about Carnival that I prefer over the other cruise lines. The getaway, I think, being a borderline mega ship would be better, uh, the better of the two ships. So I think if you're just going to measure the ships, uh, apples to apples, the Norwegian getaway is the better ship. And like I said, con also, the price is significantly higher. So those are those two sailings. I don't know. What do you think? If if you're so far, where are you at? You know, do you guys think some of the things on the carnival make it worth it? You know, I would I would guess that most of you would say that the fact that you get less sea days and another port day would be a big advantage, right? I'm guessing. I don't know. What do you think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, so we got one more to talk about. Now, this one initially and probably still, and I don't know why, it seems to me like it's a little bit of a wild card. I don't think this is going to be the one I'm going to do. Uh, but then the more I look into it, I don't know. It probably is the one I should do. I don't know. You guys tell me tell me what you think. We're going to Royal Caribbean, and we're on Marty's ship, Anthem of the Seas. This is, And by the way, Carlos recommended this to me. I put it out there on uh, Instagram or Facebook or something. Uh, I was wondering, like, can't you get a decent Eastern Caribbean trip out of New York City? It just didn't seem like there was any. It was like a lot of Florida Bahamas. It was like a lot of uh, Southern Caribbean, a lot of long extended itineraries. I just wanted, like, used to be able to have a normal carnival or Royal Caribbean or Norwegian cruise out of New York City with a decent Eastern Caribbean itinerary. So uh, Carlos was on this one, and he said, hey, you should check out my sailing. So this one is the Anthem of the Seas, Eastern Caribbean, May 17th, nine days, Cape Liberty, Sea Day, Bermuda, Sea Day, St. Martin, Saint uh, San Juan, Labadee, Sea Day, Sea Day. Uh, this one, they come at you with a base price of eight ninety nine. So this apparently includes their second guest half off deal. So when they package these cruises together, it's like it 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 shoots it shoots you up to twenty six twelve, and they're trying to just sticker shock you, giving you like how much you're gonna like save on it. So when you when you go and you put it up there because it's going to be 2612 which is clearly not 899 a person all these cruise lines they have their weird ways to get you to the price they're actually advertising so at the end of the day just go through when you when you're looking to book a cruise go through the entire motions go through the checkout process all the way up to the point where you're supposed to get out your credit card and give them money and that's when you'll get the actual price cuz it just it can be confusing to how you get it. unless you have a travel agent and you're working with a good travel agent to do that for you and i prefer to do it myself anyway that will finally show you what the actual price is so uh from 2612 it takes off 18 814 for the buy one get one half off buy one get one half off price i'm sorry the buy one get one half off for the for the for the other person and another 75 bucks for what they call as a no rep dep if anyone knows what the hell that is, let me know. So it's twenty six twelve. They take eighteen uh, eight fourteen off, and then they take another seventy five bucks off, and they call it no rep dep. I think that might mean 
no refund on the deposit in some way. That's you're paying an extra 75 bucks or you're getting an extra 75 bucks off because they don't let you refund your deposit. If anyone, like I said, if anyone knows, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. So that will get you down to 1723 And then you add in taxes and port charges for 392 which is a lot because you remember you have nine days and you have more ports than normal. And that gets you to a grand cruise total of 2116 which is 1058 per person. Then what do we got to deal with? We're not sailing without the drink package. So let's add that on. That's $55 a day. So that gets you $455. And they include the gratuity on that. So it's at $455. And that brings your cruise price up to $1513 on paper. By far the most expensive one. However, Let's talk about the pros. The ship is an absolute beast. You're talking about a mega ship, and you're talking one of the best in the fleet in a class of ships we have never seen. You have on this ship, you have the North Star, which is that arm that rises above the ship. You have the bumper cars. You have skydiving. You have the solarium, which is beautiful. You have the robot bar. You have the virtual balcony. So on an inside cabin... You actually have a virtual balcony, so you look, you look, you look, and they have actual cameras off the side of the ship that show you live what you're seeing outside. So that's out of control. Um, the 270 lounge is something I definitely want to see. It's like an aft part of the ship. It's inside, but it is this like kind of multi-purpose venue that's huge. That's multi-level. And you can see Broadway-style shows. It dummies as the nightclub. It's a lounge during the day. Uh, it has that Royal Esplanade or the Promenade, you know, the Royal Caribbean signature, just kind of like that shopping mall thing. And it has the music hall, which is a cool place to catch some music and some, I guess, some, you know, they, they got, try to go to another level with the live music, and they do it in this place called the music hall, which is also cool and also kind of dummies in a, as another nightclub as well. Uh, the biggest one by far is this one, and that is you're able to take a cab to the port for your convenience. It's right across the way. Uh, and uh, another part of that related to that is I do miss a really good New York City sail away. I haven't experienced that in a while. Uh, we'll likely save four to 500 bucks, maybe 600 bucks on hotels, food, and drinks, and this and that. Uh, you save money in Labadee because the drinks are included and the food is included. And speaking of Labadee, I've never been there, and it's a bucket list thing for me to do as far as that insane zip line. I absolutely want to do that. I've never been to Bermuda before, so you're getting a new port out of the deal. And the ones I have been to, St. Juan, St. Martin, are two of my all-time favorites. Uh, favorable drinking rules. And this is a nine-day cruise. So the value is probably not even close. It's probably the best value out of all of them. Um, cons I have, this is probably, you know, just as far as sailing goes, it's the most expensive, even though it's not because you're factoring in the uh, length of the cruise along with the fact that you're not having to, you know, go anywhere for it. Uh, it's a long cruise, so I'll prob- it'll probably be an older crowd, so you'll probably be dealing with less pocketry on this particular sailing. Uh Royal Caribbean seems to be the sleepiest line of the three majors. And I know there's exceptions on every cruise. I'm sure you've been on Royal Caribbean uh, cruises that have thrown the party through the roof. But in my experience, out of the three major cruise lines, if you're looking for party, Royal Caribbean is a little sleepier than the other two. Uh, Nine days, while that is a pro in so many ways, it is a little tough to get the nine days off of work. But, you know, not impossible, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, 
the other, the, one of the biggest things, probably the biggest one is that I didn't want to wait till May. That's a long time. You know, my rhythm is March and September, March and September. I don't mind going off of it a month or two, but that would throw the rhythm off and throw the rhythm off pretty, pretty significantly and possibly more than I would want it to. So Royal Caribbean in this cruise, probably the fact that it's in May, the fact that it's a little sleepy, uh, are really the only two things. I don't know. Chris, are you listening to this? This Royal Caribbean one might be the one. I don't know. This is a tough call, man. We got three good, solid cruises to choose from. I would love your help. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Or, again, my criteria is I want an Eastern Caribbean. I want an Eastern Caribbean cruise for the for the spring. Let me know about another good Eastern Caribbean off the East Coast, Florida, New York, preferably, on a good ship. I don't want to go on a dump. I don't want to, I'm done with the, you know, I'm kind of done with the gems for a little while. You know, I'll probably go back, but I'm done with the gems for a little while and the pearls and, you know, dare I say the splendor? Ugh, no, I won't say that. I still love the splendor. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, which is the weekly emails. Here we go. Another one. Another one. We the best music. All right, each and every week, we love to get your emails, whether they're questions, whether they're comments, suggestions, corrections, just joking around, whatever. We want this to be, as we say over and over again, as interactive as possible. So we've got some emails this week. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com is the spot. Please keep them coming. They have become a very, very important part of the show. And without them, they wouldn't be that part of the show. So do me a favor. Why don't you just send me an email, all right? Please come on. All right, here we go. Hi, Tommy. Great to have you back podcasting. Also, I am glad you will be settled in time for the holidays in NYC. Here's a casual observation. From early in the podcast to now, it seems like you have switched over from leaning Carnival to leaning NCL. You dumped Vista for NCL. You may be ditching your magic sailing for another NCL. The days of waxing splendor poetic are gone. So... With the new le- so with a new lens or a new perspective or with new experiences, how are you now feeling about the big three? You went on Oasis, but didn't but it didn't sway you like NCL. You have had your gripes with NCL customer service and food. You have had your correct you have had your parentheses correct opinions about fantasy class. Where is Tommy now? Which line is on top? Which line is on bottom? Have your feelings changed over the last year? Currently booked is what Juan is from Sacramento. So Juan, congratulations for being booked first and foremost. And your observe your observations are very astute and they are very, very accurate. And if I think another thing, though, I feel for, pretty strongly about, and if you've listened to the show, you've gotten this from me as well, is that I don't really pick a cruise line. I don't have any loyalty or I think it's a mistake. You hear that's probably the most frequently asked question. Which cruise line? Norwegian, Carnival or Royal Caribbean? I've been pretty consistent I think across the year over the years over the years. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this like I've been doing this for 20 years. It's been a year. By the way, guys, we didn't mention it. It is the 1 year anniversary. Yeehaw, yippee. Who cares? Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's been a year, and honestly, people like Juan from Sacramento have made this show tremendous, and all the other, you know, consistent listeners, 
over the year. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys are the absolute best. I just think the more accurate way to measure a cruise line, a cruise, a particular sailing is by ship or at least by class of ships. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think. I think, what are you going to say? Carnival's better than, uh, you're going to say Royal Caribbean's better than Carnival. Okay, great. So if you go on the Enchantment of the Seas and Royal Caribbean, you think that's going to be better than the Carnival Vista? No, it doesn't make sense. And that's an extreme example, but that to me is how it works. Uh, the the I've swayed more towards the Royal Caribbean lately in my mind, more because of the fact that Carnival just is a pain in the neck when it comes to you know the beverage package. And the last ship I went on was fun as hell. You know, I'm very, very prejudiced to my last cruise. The last cruise is typically, in my mind, in a lot of ways, the best. Like when I got off the Oasis of the Seas, that was the best ship I had ever been on. And that was probably one of, if not my favorite cruises I've ever been on. However, stepping back and looking back and having the high of just being at sea wear off a little bit. And then you you conclude and you kind of like falls into the past realm of all your other cruises. It's like, all right, when you think back, you know, sometimes you do that with meals too. When you think back, it's like while you're eating it, it's the best thing you've ever had. But then, you know, you know what? That steak in this place was pretty good too. Uh, and that's just how it is with cruising. So if you're asking me, no, I don't particularly like any cruise line over the other. If you still had to force me to pick a cruise line, if you had to force me, I would probably still say Carnival because of the aft pool, because of the comedy, because of the steak, and because of the friendliness. Those are the things that I like about Carnival, and I don't think uh, they're disputed anywhere. But, I mean, in my mind, I don't say anywhere. Some of you may not agree with any of that. But in my mind, none of those are disputed from a ship-to-ship standpoint. I think you can consistently count on Carnival to deliver over the other cruise lines on all of those things that I mentioned. But Royal Caribbean clearly blows everybody else away in innovative things that they're doing at sea. In my mind, Norwegian is a better party ship than any of the other ships, and they also do more in terms of dining than any of the other cruise lines. But again, again, you're talking about uh, apples to apples, and it's very, very difficult to say which line is best, and I tend to not do that as much. As far as the Splendor goes, yeah, it's been a while since I waxed poetically about the Splendor. There is no better aft pull on any cruise ship that I've been on or that I've seen on any cruise ship in pictures, in ship tours, in anything, than that back bar and that pool at the Splendor. That is one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. I also love the everything else that Carnival brings to the table is attached to Splendor, so I love it as well. But this past cruise that I went on, whether it's, you know, this past cruise ship that I went on is definitely my favorite ship now because of all the things you could do. Just the things that it brought to the table slightly outweighed the fact that you had the really cool back pool. I mean, that's all I can really say, you know, and it goes along the lines of what I always say too. Don't ever try to predict what your cruise is going to be. Just go with the flow and see what happens. One, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being a part of the show as much as you have been over the past year uh it couldn't have been done without you and people like you as well all right moving on hi tommy i enjoyed your most recent podcast sounds like you had an amazing cruise sans the limited pockets i agree with you amazing friends are made on cruises and 
the direction it takes cannot be foreshadowed. Since our weather in Canada has turned cold, I found myself re-listening to your back issues while awaiting new material since I have just over four months till my next cruise, said face. I really like your affection for peer runners. While only a princess cruiser, I have dealt with peer runners. Princess leaves a door hanger in your room each night to fill in for breakfast room service since they announced the passenger's name and cabin number for late passengers i always make a mental note figuring they need some more movement quotes in their lives i always fill a door knocker and affix it to the door items to enhance movement always include prune juice stewed prunes and bran muffins with a 5:30 a.m delivery time revenge is a dish best serve cold looking forward to the new podcast take care darren darren um this is disturbing <laughs> well i i respect that i thank you for listening darren absolutely but are you meaning to tell me first of all what is princess doing by announcing the names you got to announce the names but the cabin numbers so everybody knows the cabin numbers of somebody who's late to the ship that's kind of cold princess princess not to use uh darren's word for revenge but darren are you are you to tell me that you make a note of those people who are late and you fill their door knocker with prune juice bran muffins and prunes oh boy darren let me know if you're ever on a sailing that i'm on i am not going to be late for that uh for for the for the embarkation on the reboarding that is out of control so at 5 30 in the morning Darren takes prune juice, stewed prunes, and bran muffins to the door of anybody who's a peer owner who was late for the ship. I'm trying to figure out. I know it's symbolic because, I mean, I don't imagine that too many people are looking at that and saying, oh, lucky, lucky us. Let's drink this prune juice while we're on a cruise. But what is the purpose of this? You're trying to put them in the bathroom. You're trying to hope they consume what you give them, thus having them sit on the toilet bowl. I mean, does anybody not know what prune juice does to you if you drink an excessive amount of it? Um, <laughs> Darren, I'm not going to lie to you. You got me a little worried here. Uh, please email me back and explain this in a little bit more detail. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really know how I feel about this email that I just read. But, Darren, thank you so much for listening. And uh, go easy on the uh, prune juice uh, as a revenge for the people who are I mean is it revenge too what are you mad about what are these people mad about who get mad at peer runners again like I said if you're a little bit late so you gotta up the knots they're not gonna wait for you to the point where it's actually going to affect your arrival to the next port to any degree of substance you know what I'm saying if if, if they're not gonna if it if they have to do more than just adjudge, adjust their miles per hour a couple of uh, you know notches, they're not waiting. You know what I mean? They're gonna wait to the point where they can still make the next point port, port at a decent time at a, at a reasonable time to where the schedule is not affected, or they're just gonna leave people there. So it's not like you gotta get these people back by by being a peer runner and being a little bit late for the ship. You are not affecting anybody. So peer runners, keep it up, unless. You are on a cruise with Darren, unless uh, in which case he will be attacking your door with prunes, prune juice, bran muffins, and other things that are designed to make you have to take an extra dump. Um, yeah, Darren, I want to hear more about this. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. 
All right, moving on. Hey, Tommy, great to hear your voice again. I was real happy when I saw your show in my podcast player this morning. Good to hear things are working out in New York. Two, speaking of which, I'll be there in exactly one year. If it's not too weird, it would be great to gra- it would be great to call into your bar and say hi. Anyway, hope you have a great cruise, and I'm really jealous, and I look forward to the next show. Uh, Phil, also, I'll move I'll move on from that in a second, but I'll comment on this. Absolutely not weird. And I'm gonna say somebody came in, and I'm sorry, you kind of caught me off guard. I was watching the Yankee game, and when I watched the Yankee game on a little bit of a different level, I kind of. By the way, what a great freaking run the Yankees had this year. Pleasure to watch. I am not thrilled with the decision to get rid of Joe Girardi, but uh, you know the Yankees made it within one game of the World Series. They were not expected to do that, and uh, I was just happened to be watching a game, and I kind of just like shut in on my own and kind of focus on the game. And somebody came up to me, and I feel bad because I forgot what your name was. Gentleman worked for the UN, walked up to me and said, "Are you Tommy?" And I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, well, what's going on right now?" And if I knew this was a podcast listener, I would have stood up. Bought your beer, shook your heads. When you kind of come up to me in the bar, I, I'm thinking, all right, this is somebody we owe money to, or he's coming to collect, or it's a um, somebody sent them in. They're looking for free drinks, so I'm a little like a little standoffish when you just know my name and I don't know who you are. But having said that, he was just, this guy was very, very. And I'm sorry, sorry, I don't, I forgot what your name was. It kind of happened fast. Came in, said what's up, said he's a fan of the podcast, appreciate it. And that was after he had drank a few beers and had something to eat. So that was very classy. Kind of came in, wasn't looking for a handout, wasn't looking for anything. But um, I did apologize. I probably wasn't putting my best foot forward when we had that meeting. Sir, whoever you are, always encouraged to come back, say what's up. You know, uh, Happy hours were always good from 6 to 9 on Thursday and Friday. We got a country night on Wednesday. We got a good time late night, Friday, Saturday night. Welcome back anytime, and uh, we'll have a drink together, and we'll say what's up. But, uh, you know, the Yankees are done, but I do apologize. I probably wasn't, like, I I was probably caught off guard a little bit, and uh, I do thank you for coming by. So that's going back to what what, um, Phil is saying. Definitely, when you're in town, come by. You can either let me know via email, or you don't have to announce it. Just say, hey, what's up, Phil, listener, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll have a drink or whatever. But I appreciate Anybody who comes by and says what's up, just as long as you're not going to, you know, give me any prune juice or prunes or anything or, you know, throw any prunes at me when you see me, any of that stuff. But uh, I appreciate it. And definitely, Phil, say what's up. Phil also followed it up with a uh, story that he saw in another uh, blog. I think it was Royal Caribbean blog uh, with, uh, was it Matt Hodgeberg? Hodge. Hodgeberg, I think, is uh, he's got a show uh, about, and it's just strictly about Royal Caribbean, and he has a blog also. And in this, uh, I guess it's like almost like message boards, or it's like a forum at royalcaribbeanblog.com, there was a uh, story, and it was by Michael Poole, and Phil was nice enough to share it with us, so I'll read this quick, uh, by Michael Poole. I think we have all said I think we have all said we wish our cruise vacation was longer or we could stay on board another week. But can you imagine staying on board for over two decades? That's exactly what Super Mario does. He's Royal Caribbean's top cruiser. With the most nights sailed on board, I was lucky enough to sail with Super Mario during my recent enchantment of the seas cruise. At the time of interviewing him on October fifteenth, twenty seventeen, he had seven thousand and three crown and anchor points. 
20 years ago, he decided he wanted to take a cruise and fell in love with them. Before he found Royal Caribbean, he spent three years exploring different cruise lines. In fact, he's done over 150 sailings with other cruise lines before he found Royal Caribbean. <laughs> before he, fa- It took him 150 sailings to find Royal Caribbean. He must have... um. I don't know, where was he cruising? Under rocks? He sailed with all the major cruise lines, searching for the right one he could call home. It wasn't until November 21st, 1999, that he tried his first Royal Caribbean cruise on Voyager of the Seas. Mario described the moment he first saw her sail into Miami, Florida, and how massive the ship was. He knew right away he had to get on board that ship. Voyager of the Seas was the first ship that debuted the Royal Promenade deck. Mario said he was blown away with this ship and she had all she had to offer. After that sailing, Mario never looked back. He's been on Royal Caribbean ships for the last 18 years straight. While talking to Mario, I tried to get him to tell me his favorite ship, but he doesn't have one. He likes the longer sailings and always books the transatlantic and Panama Canal sailings. So you must be thinking, why is he on Enchantment of the Seas doing three and four night sailings? Mario has a home, or he calls it a hotel in Miami, Florida. So sailing out of Miami lets him travel home for a few hours on turnaround day. He likes to get off the ship at 7.30 a.m., get a McDonald's for breakfast, and relax in his home. So he goes from cruise food to McDonald's, and that's all this guy eats. Good for him. God bless him. Around 2 p.m., he gets back on the ship to sail out again. I asked Mario if he ever plans to stop cruising. He said, no, I'll die on a cruise ship. Cruising is his passion and a way of life. It's almost hard to believe he works full-time. It's almost hard to believe he works full-time at sea running a company. So during the day, he's in his office, quotes, on the pool deck working. Royal Caribbean has made him a sign that hangs over his favorite table poolside that reads Super Mario's Office. We talked about the many ports of call he's traveled over the years. One that stands out was traveling to China. He said that was one of... That was the one cruise he didn't talk to anyone because none of the passengers spoke English. Though his favorite port of call in the Caribbean is Cozumel, Mexico. Finally, we talked about upcoming cruise schedule, his upcoming cruise schedule, which he books years in advance. He's on board Enchantment for one more sailing, then a night in his hotel before he travels to Spain to jump on board Freedom of the Seas. The Freedom will make her way from Barcelona to Fort Lauderdale. He sure does love those transatlantic sailings. Next year he's going to bring over he's going to, to bring over Symphony of the Seas to Miami, Florida. After his Symphony cruise, he's booked an Independence of the Seas for 6 months straight. It was such an honor to sit down with Super Mario, talk to, to, and talk about his itinerary at sea. I hope to cruise with him again soon because he's such an enjoyable person to talk to. Man, is it? Does it get any better than that? Is it? Is it? Can it? Can it be any better than that? To have a guy named Super Mario. I'll be honest with you. If I had the means and I was in a situation where all I needed a laptop was a laptop to be able to make money, I can't tell you I would do it any different. And what a great note to leave this show on. I want to thank you guys so much again. One year in the books. We've been doing this for a year. And I'll tell you, I'm really, really going to try to get more consistent with it. This podcast, I feel like I was a little rusty. I don't think it was the worst one. I don't think it was the best one. But again, they tell you a writer writes and you to muscle. You exercise that muscle. And, you know, I got I to gotta start getting better. And the more routine I get to in the city and working and everything like that, the closer I feel to being able to get into a routine with the podcasting. I want to eventually be doing two a week. And I'm, and I'm really, really happy because... 
I, I've seen a little bit of a spike. Since I've been a little less consistent, I've seen a little bit more of a spike in the listenership. And I don't think that's because I was less consistent. I think that's a testament to, you know, when I do go away for a little while, it builds up a little bit of an anticipation. But that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to bring you guys good content on a consistent basis every week. And that is going to be my goal. I'm not making any promises, but you're going to see it happen within the next couple of weeks or month. I am going to be back in that rhythm and hopefully definitely giving you one a week with the occasional twice a week. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Appreciate it. And don't forget, please give me some advice on that next sailing. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time. Take care. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand and one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy, 